Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Don't forget, you can follow her on Facebook at The Greyhound Girl. Hi everyone. On this episode of the podcast, I catch up with astute New South Wales trainer Jason Magri, whose talented charge zipping Novak broke through to take out the Group 2 Richmond Derby last Friday evening. We had a chat about what it meant to him, what he's looking forward to in 2023, divulged into his training regime and touched on what race he'd love to win and how he would spend a million dollars if he broke through and won the Million Dollar Chase series. I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, obviously, start with Friday night. I I watched the uh, the head-on shot pretty closely, and yeah, you uh, you gave a bit of a fist pump. I mean, you know, it, he's probably been a bit of a frustrating dog, you know, in the sense that he hasn't had much luck with box draws, and then you know sometimes he can miss the kick. But basically, just did everything right on Friday, and that's why he got the win. Yeah, well, that's right. He he has been frustrating, but you know how much ability he's got. Yeah, and um, he has, doesn't always come out so. But the last half a dozen runs with trials and that, he's starting to get right down in the box and he's coming out real good. Yep, yep. So that's made all the difference, I reckon, with probably the last three or four runs. Since Gosford, since I took him to Gosford and he's come back after that, he's starting to get the start down. I don't don't know why. Yeah, right. Okay. um, Have you done anything different with him at home or he's just getting... I haven't changed the thing, just kept on the usual thing with him. Was, I gave up at the end doing box work, which I made him work. So, but, yeah, he's worked it out somehow, so it's good. Yeah, nice. Maybe just, um, you know, he's, he's had a few starts now, so he might just be maturing a little bit. Yeah, well, he's had 30 odd starts, so he's pretty seasoned now, so he has to start learning to do it all so yeah. Yep. He had, um, when he come up with the three in the final, you, you know, you must have obviously been, been pleased with that. Like, you know, I know the, the Richmond 520 is only still a fairly new distance, but just watching it, you know, you sort of want to be drawn towards the fence. Yeah, that's right. That, yeah, I want to draw as close as possible to the fence. Um, so, yes, originally I had the two and then they done a redraw and I was spewing. Oh, but no. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I end up pulling the three back out, which was all right. So, <laughs> geez, that's lucky. So, well, I thought oh, I said that's it. I'm going to draw the pink or something with this stuff. But uh, I got the three, which is good. So, but for some reason at Richmond, the five twenty now, it's, it's very hard to get off the outside against good dogs. You get, you get caught out, then you're working too hard to get around. Them. So, yep. closer to the fence, the better now at Richmond. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, nice. And, um, like, obviously, you know, um, you know, Gatlin was unfortunately not in the race due to that uh, that injury he had last week. But, you know, it was a good battle between those two. And, you know, he, he looked like he was sort of, uh, you know, really putting in. And like you said, he, he just seems to be getting more stronger and comfortable with each run. Like, he was very green when he started, but he looks like he's getting a lot more race sense now. Yeah, well, that's right. He's, he's, he's learning how to race properly and... And um, he, he's a funny dog. If he gets caught on the outside and he'll stay out there, and then if he, he gets out, he'll he stay on the fence. So but, um, he doesn't like taking runs on the inside. I know that. He he done it once for the Magic Maiden series. He railed under him, but he's never really done it again. He always wants to go around them. Yeah, right. So, but he, he's learning slow. He's a slow learner, I like me. <laughs> 
Lisi's got a good name after um after well, I presume he's named after Novak Djokovic, and when he won the Australian Open, I, I mean that could only be a good omen for him this year. Yeah, yeah, I'll try. I think that's who he is named after. <laughs> what are you... Um, <laughs> If he can win as many group titles as him, we'll be good. That's right. That's right. You can just retire then. <laughs> that's right. Correct. What um? What are your plans for him now? Are you going to give him a crack at the Easter Egg Series? Yeah, that's his next fish in the Easter Egg Series. Um, we'll probably have a start before that. I'll just give him another look at Winnie and um, and then he'll head off into the Easter Egg Series and yep. do, do well on that. Yep. Who else have you got uh, targeted for that series, Jase? No, enough. I just him at the moment. Just him. Got yep. a lot of young dogs there, and they're sort of trialing good, but I'm not having much luck with them in races. So we're um, behind the eight ball with them still. Yep, yep. I mean, um, you know, obviously, you know, the likes of Comet Cost and that, and you know, again, Zipping Osti, you know, stack of ability, but you know, still looks a, a bit green and that sort of thing. Are you, um, you know, are you keen that those, um, or are you confident that those dogs can turn out to be nice race dogs? I've got a, a good rap on Commodore Cost. I really like him as a dog. He's got good traits, and um, I think he's going to turn into a real nice dog. Yep. And um, Zipping Osby got all the world in the ability. He's just he loses focus in racing, <laughs> driving him insane. But he just got to keep trying and hope he gets out of it. But it's very hard to start doing that. Yeah. So, if you trial him one out, you come home shaking your head. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. How does he get better? Like, he does. <laughs> so, like, but with comedy, he's a very nice dog. He's, he's hurt himself last start. He's probably out for six weeks, but he'll come back nice. Yep. Yep. And um, you got some, like, you know, just reading through the weights of them too, you got some big fellas in your kennel, like Ostie's 37, Common Acosta and uh, Blue Boy Cater are pushing over the 35 kilo mark. Your um, your food bill must be pretty hefty. Yeah, it's very hefty, <laughs> but it's very strong too. So I've got a chiropractic bill too, don't worry. And they pull me out of Oh, dear. No, there's a couple of big units there at the moment, so. Yep. I do like bigger dogs, but not that big. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh dear. And um, how's uh, how's Zip in Kansas? I mean, you know, pretty much everybody knows that you know he's one of my favourites. How's um, how's he tracking along? Yeah, you know, he's on the comeback, so he's just he's had a couple of hitouts. Uh, hoping to get into the Association Cup, but just might run out of time. But um, still about four weeks for that, so we just. As long as everything goes smooth, he should be right to get there. Yep, yep. Any um, any sort of youngsters that, you know, maybe haven't raced yet that you've got in your kennel coming through that you think, um, you know, will make a good impact this year? Yeah, not at the moment. I've got about 20 pups to work through yep. in the next couple of months. So I haven't started on them yet. So once we start on them, we'll know what's there. There's a couple of nights, handy ones breaking nights, but... Please start running through and you don't know what's there. Yep, yep, definitely. Now, um, obviously, you know, the Easter egg would be a, a race that you'd love to win, but have you got your sets, you know, your sights set on any other particular races this year? I mean, obviously, you know, Kansas, I'm guessing if he, he's going good, probably would be set for the 7.15 again this year? Yeah, probably, yeah. It depends how he's still going. So, uh, he's just had a few injuries at the moment, Um had a hockey injury, got him back, and then he hurt himself again last party. 
pulled the back of his car. So as long as he's got over those injuries and he can stay sound for another six months, yeah, we, we can have another crack at it. But yep. just got to run him and hope he holds up. Yep. Yep. For anyone out there that doesn't know, like, how do you train, you know, obviously without you know, giving any of your secrets away, is there a massive difference in, you know, how you train your stayers compared to your sprinters? Oh, not really. I, I, they all get walked in the morning for about three quarters of an hour and we walk them, you show. Yep. Um, depends on the dog, then. Um, that was Kansas. You probably have to just work them a little bit harder through the week, but try to knock the edge off them so it's too... He gets very frustrated at the track when you kennel him. Yeah, right. Um, but other dogs, they're just saying, just they have a midweek gallop at home behind the bike or a couple of whistle-ups, and that's it, they'll go into their event. So yep. that's plenty of walking in. Just, they get let out in the paddock every morning if they want to have a can. I think they have a can and do their own thing. I, I like them doing their own thing. They're a dog, but, and they normally hunt in packs and that. So you just let them out. They did their own thing. They're real happy in that. So it's worked for me. Yep. It hasn't this year that much, but um, <laughs> before any of that. So, yep. Yeah. But no, that's all right. Just to do the same routine. They, they seem to like it. Yep. That's all right. Um, You know, Friday night hopefully means things will start turning around a bit. I hope so. Because prior to that, I wasn't. <laughs> I was struggling. <laughs> Is and that why you were so happy? In the last eight weeks. <laughs> I kept getting beat ahead, half ahead, and going, oh, what's going on? Yep, yep. I mean, but, yeah, you win that and you get, you, get, you get motivated again, you win a race like that. Yeah. So it's good. I was going to say, like, for anyone out there, you know, thinking of becoming a trainer, like like we were just speaking about before, like, you know, when it's stinking hot like this and you've got to get up early and, you know, feed the dogs early and all that, when you're not having much luck and, you know, dogs that should be winning aren't winning, you know, you can't just become a trainer and think, you know, everything's going to go your way like, you know, like yourself. You have plenty of lows, don't you? Oh, of course you do. That's, that's the nature of the sport. Like, you always have lows. Like, I always say when it's going good, like, take it, like, enjoy it while you can because it can change very quickly too. Yep. You know, I mean, a, couple of, a couple of dogs will go on this and then, you, you know, luck runs out and things just go bare shape. But, you still got to do the hard yard and I'm when things aren't going well. That's when you probably have to work a bit harder, try to rectify the problem and get them going again. Yep. Do you just stick to your process? If, you know, if things aren't sort of, you know, going right or whatever, do you just make sure you still stick to your process or do you try and change things up a bit at times? Uh, I might every now and again, but I just stick to the same routine. Was, I know eventually it comes good again. They all start hitting their straps together it's happened to me before, you have a bad run for eight, ten weeks, can't get nothing right, and all of a sudden they just start putting it right in races, you know, and they're going good again. So yep. I don't like changing, I just like sticking to what I do and it's just keep going that way. Yep. I, um, I've, I've been keen to ask, you know, obviously some top trainers like this, um, like yourself, this question. What's, um, what do you think's been probably, you know, one of the biggest lessons that you've learned since you've started training? I know you've been doing it for a long time or, you know, in a sense, you know, one of the biggest things you, you thought you knew, but, you know, you've had to change. So like one of your biggest like mistakes in a way? Oh, uh, it's mainly you got to feed them right. That's, that's the biggest thing that I... Good kibble, I feed grain-free kibble and good meat and 
just keep them healthy and that. Like before, when you first start, you don't know what you're doing. You just feed them a basic kibble and stuff like that. But from a basic kibble to a real good kibble, I, I noticed the recovery rate is twice as quick. Like, yeah, right. The next day, they're bouncing and they're ready to go. But if I feed them a weak kibble, I always find it they take a day or two longer to come to it. So yep. that's the biggest thing I learned. And it's, I got told I'm a very good trainer to do, and I've just stuck by it ever since. So, yeah. yeah, that's one of my biggest assets. Feed them well and work them hard and get them as fit as you can. Yeah. Is that been sort of one of the more challenging things, like learning, you know, the right feeds? Because, you know, I know I've spoken to, to plenty of people about it and some people say, look, I'm I'm changing up my feed routine, you know, all the time and, you know, I'm trying this and trying that. So, yeah, is that sort of something that, you know, you've developed over the years is, you know, just getting your feeding regime right? Yeah, it is. It's one of the – it's the most important thing, I think, for the bowl. We've got to feed him on – and they're going to like what they're eating. So if it's all good for them and it makes them feel good and healthy and that, you just, that's what they need. So yep. I always just, just feed the best you can, what you can afford, and go from there. That's all you can do. Do you um do you ever taste test it yourself? <laughs> no, I just look at it. And my, <laughs> biggest, my biggest test is I, I, I soak it, and if it, if it crumbles to shit, I throw it in the bin. So <laughs> I've got to say that it's got to stay solid. Yep. So I go soft and solid. That, that's how I know it's a good kibble. Yeah, Some right. Some of them, they just go, they go real mushy and I look at them and go, I wouldn't eat that for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Get rid of it. You know? So, like, yeah, that, that's, that's one of my biggest things. Yep. Yeah, nice, nice. Now, obviously, besides the Easter egg, if, you know, if I'm interviewing you at the end of the year and, you know, you'd say there's one race this year that you'd love to knock over, um, you know, would it be the Easter egg? Is that something that's been on your bucket list for a while? Oh, yeah, of course. Easter egg's a very prestige race, so it's it's a race I've always wanted to win, but you've got to have the right dog and you've got to have plenty of luck going through the series, so... Yeah, the, the million dollar race is starting to get it through. I know it's big money and that, but you always think the Easter egg, like growing up, it was the Easter egg. You want to win an Easter egg, so. Yep. It's still there, but next, I, I still want to win a million dollar challenge. <laughs> you wouldn't say no, would you? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> What would you um? What would you spend the the me? Oh, well, you know, Barry, you, you had to share it with with some owners. What would you spend your share on? Oh, I wouldn't know. I'd go overseas for stars, have a good holiday, and then <laughs> come back and live it up, probably. I don't know. <laughs> They'd say, where's Jason? Is he still training? He's gone incognito. Yeah. It'll be a long holiday, probably, too. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Greyhound Girl podcast and for your ongoing support of not only this podcast but of Greyhound Racing in general. Remember, you can follow Dimity at the Greyhound Girl on Facebook.